Hey Matt, Ed Rowland from Collective Soul. How you doing, buddy? How's it going, man? Yeah, just showing up at the today's gig. <laughs> <laughs> Waking up, all the above. Where are you guys uh, today? Because I know you were in Cleveland. I'm in Cleveland, but you were in Cleveland and Columbus the past couple. You know, so so where, where's tonight's yeah, show? Yeah, we're in uh, we're in uh, Minnesota at the Moondance Festival. Oh man, that's always a fantastic time. You know, we've done it a couple of times. It's always fun. People are here. Really cool. It's fun. That's cool. <clears throat> How you holding up out there? Lazy, lazy Moon backstage bar. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> How you holding up out there on the road? I know it's a whole different kind of touring now. Uh, it, I mean, it's fine. We're in the honeymoon stage. We just started, so we've been out here for two weeks. Yeah. So uh, it's as we like to say, it's the honeymoon stage. Talk to me in about you know six weeks. I'll let you know how it's going. <laughs> 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 it might be a little different then. Well, man, right I, now everything's great. I am so stoked about this new record, um, and I wanted to start by talking about what's going to be the next single, um, Cut the Cord. Um, It's just like such a cool tune. I feel like I can play spot the influences in a lot of different directions. Like it feels like there's a little bit of ACDC baked into the intro, but I'm curious to hear from you, like where this song came from, because it's just a barn burner of a song. Well, thank you for saying that. Uh, You know, uh, we're we're getting to the age now where we all have children that are... uh, graduating high school and and moving moving forward so it was like uh four years ago when i wrote the song and my son oldest son was graduating high school going to uh college in chicago you know kind of leaving the nest so i kind of use that as like uh you know and he thinks he knows everything as we all think we know everything no matter what age we are (laughs) it was like one of those one of those all right let's just cut the cord here you go buddy here you go that's fantastic, man. And I know that there's a video. Uh, I haven't seen the video yet. Have you seen the video? I haven't, but I saw the one on the All Our Pieces yesterday. Oh. My friend Adam Blank did it. And just, it was, I didn't know we're making a video. I showed up in a golf outfit. I was going to play golf. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how aware I am of what's going on that day. But uh, he said it looks great. So I'm like, whatever. You know, at this point, you kind of go, okay. It's a video. Like, I just want people to hear the song. I've never been the cat that, that's visual. Like, I just want people to hear the songs, more audio. I feel like there could be an Ed Roland fashion book at some point because you've always had, like, a really interesting, like, visual <clears throat> look. Like, where did that come from? Well, I think it comes from, you know, just growing up first. My dad was a minister who always was dressing to be proper. And then, of course, my musical heroes, Elton John and David Bowie, and they were just always just changing. You know, it was just whatever went on. And that's kind of, I think that's just kind of just feels what I feel like. My wife always goes, what, what are you going to like, look like this year, Ed? And I was like, I don't know. Oh, sorry. No, that's fine. Sound check. Uh, I, just, I just think it just kind of, I've never been afraid to just, just go with the flow. I, I, I never want to have the. I'm not, I'm not that personality that kind of goes, okay, here's how I'm going to be for the next 50 years or 10 years. I kind of seasonally change every year. <laughs> I love that, man. Oh, that's awesome. And when you and I spoke in 2019 about the Blood album, you guys had recorded two albums of material <clears throat> with plans to put that second album out at a later point. It's not hard to imagine that thanks to a couple of you know years of unexpected pandemic – that you know that second record might have evolved a little bit so i kind of wondered how things changed with what we're hearing with this new record like is this that second record or or, or, yeah that is is, no that's it i mean it's nothing changed 
no mixes, no nothing. That's it. Not even the mastering. We were like, the, the original thing was to put a double album out, you know, and then the management was kind of like, uh, you know, nobody puts double albums out anymore. I was like, no, I didn't know that. We did. We're, we're just making music, man. We were in a groove. And so, yeah, uh, uh, vibrating is basically blood. You know, they're all kind of recorded at the same time. That's fantastic, man. And inspirationally, where was the songwriting coming from? You know, whatever was happening at that time, you know, like yeah. I said, children, my, my son going to college, you know, there's uh undone at the time. My sister-in-law was dying of cancer. Mm. You know, it was a tough moment for me, my wife and our relationship just because, you know, that's something you don't plan on or want. So like that song really, we, we play that live. We, that, that song means a lot to the band. They, they knew where I was coming from on that. Just cause you know, dealing with things like that, you, there are days you feel like you're coming. And done. Going back. So there, to the, there's yes, different, it's, it's just like, it's just, it's just life in general. Literally. Yeah. That's how I write. I don't, you know, I've always said, you know, they're, Great songwriters like Bruce Springsteen and Mellencamp, you know, they, they're storytellers. Yeah. That's, that's amazing how they can do that. I can't do that. I have to write from something that happens to me directly or indirectly, if that makes sense. You know, I don't, I don't know no Jack. I don't know no Diane. You know, <laughs> like, I, I know people in my life that affect me, and that's kind of where I get influence from or the spark to write a song. How did you go about, because I know that at the time we spoke, like you talked about how they, you did see them as two different records, like two different things stylistically. So how did you kind of break that apart into what we're hearing? Well, with Vibrator? I, I found them, I didn't find them stylistically different. I found them, uh, they were done about four months apart and we did, this one was done in my house, recorded in my house. Oh, wow. Whereas Blood was done in a studio in Jersey, a church converted into a studio, which was you know, kind of follows up where we came from. Yeah. Really cool. So, yeah. So, uh, I don't think stylistically it was different. I just think we were in such a groove as a band as we are now. Cause we've uh, during the pandemic, we've recorded three more records. Oh man. And, and then we're recording in January and, uh, Elvis's house, uh, in Palm Springs. So we're, we're just, you know, the band's kind of in a groove right now. Uh, and it's, you want to take advantage of that. Hopefully it stays that way, but if it doesn't, we're going to take advantage of while we're all in the groove. How do you even start to like plan to put all that music that you just talked about out into the world? I don't know, <laughs> but at least it's done. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know. You know, it's a different day and age. Like I said, you know, back in the day, you put, when I grew up, you know, you get an artist would put two albums out in a year. Yeah, you know? for sure. But but nowadays you just I just leave it up to the management. Like I said, I, my my job is to capture the moment with the band when we're in a groove. Just capture it, and then we've done our job. And whenever whoever thinks it should be put out, put it out. You talked about going to church. You know something that had been in a church. You know to record blood. You talk about going to you know what was Elvis's house to record an album. Like I've always loved bands that do that. That really does contribute a special flavor to the record. Well, I, I grew up, like I said, I'm, I'm old school. Like you, you go back and listen to some of my favorite records of the Stones and Zeppelin and they didn't record in a proper studio. And most of the time they were in a house. They just, you know, and 
and with this band we we enjoy going different places <clears throat> and homes not just mine but like we go to homes and record and make it's easier today with technology too just to move the studio there um but you also get a flavor and it's a different vibe instead of just being to me sterile in the studio like you know you can go out and go to a bar meet people and I don't know. It's just like it's it's just the it's the way this band works. It's the best way for this band to work. It's inspiring that way. You know, one of the things that in in recent years you guys have been covering uh, is the one I love by REM. How did you guys kind of start to play that song? Well, first off, there's not many lyrics to it, so uh, I can remember the lyrics. (laughs) (laughs) Guys make fun of me because of that. They're like, "God, if you forget any more lyrics of your own songs." So I was like, uh, well, uh, uh, first off, let me back up. REM's like, you know, being from Georgia, you yeah. know, they opened so many doors for bands in Georgia like us. I mean, had it not been for them, I'm sure some band would have come along, but they were the ones that opened the door to people paying attention to bands, rock bands in Georgia. And, uh, and I, I, they're just one of my favorites, you know, just growing up in that time and era. And, and, and the whole, our band's just one of the bands that it, it's like, um, if you're on the bus at night, if you put REM on, nobody questions it. You just sit there and listen to it. You know, sometimes you'll put some whatever song you want to listen to, and they're like, turn that shit off. Nobody <laughs> ever says that with REM. <laughs> How much did you get to see them play live back then? Uh, what's the first time you saw those guys? I saw them open for the police. I've got to tell uh, – oh. I saw Mike Mills about a couple months ago, and uh, but I have a picture – uh, they opened for the police at the Fox Theater. This is, had to be 82, 83. And Mike, knew, I mean, uh, uh, Michael Sype goes, anybody who wants to dance with us, dance with us. And I'd already seen him in Georgia because my best friend was going to University of Georgia. So we'd already seen him, had the 45. So me and the girl I was dating and my best friend jumped up there. It was only four of us. We were just up there dancing on stage with him. It's one of the coolest moments of my life. That's cool, man. That's fantastic. Yeah. My my wife is a fellow journalist and has been working on a book about the B-52s, so we've been to Athens a few times in recent years. And, like, I can only imagine for you as an eventual musician, like, it really had to contribute something spiritually to you being that close to Athens. Uh, uh, without a doubt. I mean, you, you go there just to uh, – there was uh, – what were the other bands? I'm trying to think. Uh, like Love Tractor, Shadow Pylon? Pylon. There was another one too. God, I'm I'm drawing a blank. I'm, I apologize because I just woke up. But I mean, it goes it goes. You know, you have driving and crying that kind of came out of that. There yeah. Was night quarters. There were so many bands. It was just it was a, a exciting time uh, for music in Atlanta and Athens. You know, very inspiring time too. Hold on, Will's over here, bass player. Let me sure. Let me see if he can remember. Hey, Willie T. Who's that band from Athens? You know, that did that road to Jericho. Is that three piece? Oh, dream. Yeah. So real dreams. So, dream so No, was it dream? So real. It is it. That's it. God, <laughs> I'm in a fog right now. I apologize, but it happens, man. It's rock and roll. Dream. So real. That's it. And they had a, what is it? Last road to Jericho. Or something yeah. Like that? Yeah. Rough night in Jericho. Rough night in Jericho. There it is. There it is. Rough night. There. You got, you got Will and I sitting here Dude, in a fog. About that. So long, that's all. <laughs> Dude, I listened to it uh, the other day. I had the uh, LP. Nice. It's a good record. That first record's really. Well, between the three of us, we put it together. Um, 
One of the other things that's out this year um, is the anniversary edition of Discipline Breakdown, and it's got a great uh, live show from the Park West in 97 Chicago. Um, I saw that tour, and I forgot you guys had covered Ozzy's Crazy Train on that run. What kind of what do you recall about that about the decision to put that on the set list? Um, I, I love Ozzy. <laughs> that's enough, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it goes it starts there, but I was in a. It's funny he ended a tour in Atlanta. And the band I was in at the time, the drummer's mother worked at the arena. So she had called him and Ozzy just left his whole stage there, like drum riser and everything. And I can still remember us going, calling everybody we knew with a truck, going up there and getting Ozzy's stage and use that for like a year touring around. <laughs> That's fantastic. His drum riser and all that. It was like awesome. Did you ever get to meet Ozzy, you know, back in the day or later? No, never have. Yeah. We well, stay kind of busy. We very rarely meet anybody. We're so busy. It's kind of weird. We talk about that a lot at night. We're like, you know, we, we've never really met many artists. I mean, of course, met Elton and get guys from R.E.M. just because we live there. Yeah. But, it, you know, we stay pretty constant touring. You, when you get home, the last thing you want to do is meet anybody. You just want to make sure your wife still likes you. <laughs> your children remember your name. <laughs> the liner notes for that were so surprising because I had no idea about all the management and kind of financial hardship you guys went through leading up to that discipline breakdown record being released. Like, and even working in radio at the time, like, you know, of course, it just seemed like you guys were living the life, riding the ride that comes with a long string of hit singles. And like, once again, Hell like, no. just, we lived in a, we lived in a, lived in a cabin on a cow farm oh. and recorded it in a cabin in a cow farm. We're getting paid 150 bucks a week. I mean, it was, it was a, it was a great time and a tough time. What's the old saying? What's that book? Uh, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Yeah. <laughs> but I look back on it and we recorded it literally in a, a cabin. Like I had to go cut wood for it. The only thing you could cook on was a fire burning stove. And that was the heat too. It was just, strange time but i wouldn't trade it for anything and that's we recorded it, it, it it's almost like a demo yeah but when we got done and settled the whole lawsuit and all that craziness i was like no nah, that was just the most honest we could be and that's all you want to do in recording anyway why would i want to re-record it that was just honest uh, and to that end like you know just kind of like just doing it you know so raw like that um we spoke at one point you talked about how the first record was a collection of demos made over five years. And, you know, uh, I, I don't think there was an actual band on that record. As you said, I love that you kind of see, no. you took kind of the Tom Scholes approach working in your basement with an eight track recorder. Like how did you kind of learn the recording acumen at the time? Well, I, I worked at a studio, uh, will the bass player's father had a studio in where we grew up in Stockbridge, Georgia. And then when I got back from school in Boston, I went over there and just sat there for four months, I think, before I was allowed to touch anything. And so I was an engineer. I, I engineered for like 10 years at this studio. So on the, when I get done with a session, you know, I, I would get paid by like being allowed to just sit there for the next, till the next session. It was my studio and I just learned. And what are kind of your memories at the time as far as how Shine came together? You know, I was doing a lot of those drone, I call them drones. You know, you just kind of have the open A or open D and put melodies underneath it. And I, I had that riff and it wasn't till 91 I came, went to mom and dad's and Dean was there and he was playing guitar. And I was, I was like, dude, I didn't know he played guitar. You know, he's 10 years younger than me. So I was like, man, I got to check out all these riffs and, I was showing him different 
droning stuff and then it just hit me how to get the chorus in there and that you know the the the, the one that changes is the was the connecting to the verse to the chorus and i remember sitting in my parents living room with my brother dean just writing it <laughs> just doing wow. it trying to impress trying to impress him which i'm still trying to do to this day <laughs> And there's the stuff that gets added into a song that like can become a hook. And certainly one element of that for shine is just like how you've got that riff and you'll just go like, yeah. Like, so where did that? Yeah. Part, like, how did that come into it? Well, I, I honestly don't know. I just remember like being in the basement and I, and I had like one mic, one amp, I had nothing to work with. So I was just trying to come up with something creative and, I know it sounds weird, but the toilet paper dispenser was empty and I just got that thing out and I was just fucking around trying to figure out different tones and stuff to record. And I just went, yeah, through the toilet paper dispenser. Oh, <laughs> if wow. that makes sense. And, that, and, uh, I was like, that sounds cool. Let's just give that a shot. And that's kind of where it came from. Empty toilet paper roll. That is fantastic. Um, ultimately like how, how well do you think you were prepared for like the success that came your way? I mean, first of all, like you have to put the band together, but it's just like, as I mentioned earlier, like you guys just rode one heck of a ride. How well were you guys prepared for that? Uh, we, not at all. Yeah. I mean, zero. I mean, it, it, we, we're, we're so lucky because we were so ignorant to be honest with you. We, mm. we just had no concept of what was going on. We were, we were excited, you know, uh, wide eyed Southern boys, I guess you could say. We were just, we didn't know what was going on. <laughs> Hence why we got taken advantage of a little bit, you know, financially, management, everything. We were just like, what is going on? We were just, you know, I'd been doing it for 12 years playing and we were just excited people showed up. You know, it was just different because I'd do shows and the only people that would be in the room was whoever I was dating at the time. Yeah. You know, mm. and now all of a sudden you're packed houses, Woodstock. Aerosmith, Van Halen, you're like, what is going on? And it was just thrown at us really quick. Yeah, I wanted to ask about that. Like, what was the experience like? Because Woodstock 94 comes around basically a year after your song is like all over the radio. So <laughs> that's a heck of a culmination. Like, what was that? What are your memories of kind of that experience? Um, you, you know, meeting bands that we, once again, like, I never forget we showed up at the same time like the band live did and we're mm. sitting there exchanging picks and uh King's X was there and we followed them around like little kids till finally Doug turned around and said, What do y'all want? <laughs> <laughs> we're like, We're just we're just fans and we're shy and we don't know what to say other than we love you and then it was, yep. it was things like that. It was mature I guess it was the maturity of we were we were already getting really good as a band because I mean we played I think we did twenty four shows in like 20 days one time you do a radio show and then you do your own show that night we were just on just going for it but uh what i i remember i remember that i remember blues travelers cheryl i remember just just being a fan if that makes sense we were like wow how are we here but we are here so let's go kick some ass we were writing the sec i was writing the second record because i wanted to make sure we got something out really quick because yeah. i was very self-conscious that it the first record was just a batch of demos and we had really become a band within two months. It was like pre-production just throwing out, like I said, doing shows every day. And, and I really wanted to, so I would write in the back of the bus and then at soundcheck, I'd go, Hey guys, check this out. But I wouldn't have the lyrics. I wouldn't have time. And I remember, uh, gel, we would play it and 
I would just make words up at that night. Wow. And I, I remember listening back to the recording of it and I, the, I just blurted out gel. I remember going, all right, here we go. So I do remember that gel was kind of written on stage at Woodstock. <laughs> oh, that's cool. And I mean, you mentioned Aerosmith, like what was the experience of touring with those guys? Awesome. I mean, everybody we've ever been able to tour with has just been so kind. You know, you, you, you don't sustain what we've learned. You don't sustain by being an asshole. Mm-hmm. So you true. sustain by being a, a, a good band first, and but then giving back, you know, like to me, Van Halen was the ultimate, you yeah. know, they with Aerosmith, everything was happening so quick. We were still learning, but they were so kind to us. And but with Van Halen, we were starting to get our feet on the ground a little bit and they were just so good to us and you know to this day sammy we just did a show with him last week we talked talked to them all the time and you know eddie was just a a a gift to know if that makes sense he was just absolutely a gift just just to say i don't know man i just miss the cat yeah i hear that from everybody that like actually you know knew eddie directly like you know just you know sweet guy i think you and i spoke at one point did you tell me he told you he taught you how to uh, play golf Play golf. First time I ever played golf was with Eddie. Came on the bus smoking so two cigarettes, one in the guitar, one in his mouth. Ed, we're playing golf tomorrow. I was like, damn right. Whatever you say, Eddie, I'm in. <laughs> At that time, when you guys toured with Van Halen in 95, like, you know, Wolfgang was just a couple years old. Uh, have you had a chance to hear yeah, the record yeah. he made? It's astounding. It's awesome. I think it's awesome. I mean, what a talent. That talent runs through that family. I know you more than anybody, like, as somebody who's done it would appreciate what it takes to do that play, play, you know, everything yourself, make it everything, sound like a yeah. band. Like he, it's, it's hard. There's an art to pulling that off. It, it is. Um, I, I think, I mean, I, I don't do it anymore because it's, I'm surrounding myself with the best band on the planet. I'm blessed to be a part of this band, but like what he did is just awesome. I mean, continuing the, the family name and just, I, I just, it's amazing, yeah. you know, cause that's, it's a, that's a tough act to follow. Eddie's a tough act to follow, but Wolfie's doing it. <laughs> he is. I want to loop back to something you said at the beginning, talking about your dad being a minister. I, I never knew that my dad was a 40 year Presbyterian minister. So that's really, it's always really interesting when I come across somebody else that, you know, came from that side so of things. You're, you're, you're P, PK. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. People no. always ask me like, uh, what was what was it like was it crazy it was like no my dad was the most actually he had a stage and that's where i learned you know to be on stage i just have bigger sound and bigger lights than he does did (laughs) but he was very supportive never once questioned i don't know it was was awesome child i had an awesome childhood i don't you know we didn't have money we didn't have any of that all i knew is we had love music sports and discipline i mean what else you need? Yeah, my dad got me into music. He shared his Beatles and Beach Boys records. And, you know, if he doesn't do that, you and I aren't talking right now. So it's just like, it's crazy. Same, same thing here. My dad, he loved him some Dean Martin, hence my brother being named Dean. Oh, cool. We, uh, He took me to, first concert he took me to see was Johnny Cash. Second was Elton John. Oh. Third was the Kinks. I mean, oh. think about just a Southern Baptist preacher taking your little eight-year-old kid all these shows i was like this is awesome yeah <laughs> well last couple of things oh, i want to wrap he, up then here he, then he then, yeah. then he did take me to go see liberace too that's how you know oh the spectrum man. he had it was awesome that's fantastic 
Then we go to the tent revivals. I'm sure you went to some of those. You go to the tent revivals. Sure. See all the good Lord's work, I guess you call it, whatever was going on. Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. That's fantastic, man. Um, as we kind of, you know, bring things back around to this new record, um, you know, vibrating, I think thing people are going to be stoked to hear this thing. I know from blood, you guys put a lot of that record in the set list and it seems like you're probably going to do the same with this one as well, I would guess. Yeah, we're doing two right now. You, you know, we're trying to break it in. Yeah. Um, cause you know, being, we're out with a uh, switchfoot, so we, we only have about 75 to 80 minutes each to play. Mm-hmm. So you gotta, you know, being as blessed as we've been, people want to hear the songs that got us where we are, you know? So sure. we, we've got about eight songs we do need to play. So we try to throw in a couple, sneak them in there. I like to say till the record comes out. Oh, that's, that's cool. And, um, what was it like? I mean, when you, when you do this record, like you said, you've done three more records since then, you're about to do a fourth. Like what was the experience of you going back for this, going back to this record as you guys were getting ready to like put this out? I wonder what that was like going back to these songs. Well, because we went, we toured on blood and then the pandemic hit and we really didn't pay much attention to it. We knew we had it done. And, I, and we went and did a show, and we just sat down and listened to it on the bus as a band, and we sat there and turned our heads to each other and go, good God, that's great. Thank you, sir. Um, we were like, God, that was that's a good record. <laughs> we kind of surprised ourselves. That's You cool. know, thinking that it was recorded four years ago, and all of a sudden you're like, wow, we did that? Because you get so caught up in the, what you're doing now, you know, it was a, a pleasant surprise. And we're very proud of it. We're like, man, what were we thinking? Why didn't, you know, the pandemic kind of screwed everything up, you yeah. know, with everybody. And uh, you just, but looking back on it, I mean, I love listening to that. Very rarely do I listen to our records, but I, I've been listening to Vibrating a lot. We're I'm really, really proud of that. Is Take one of the songs that's going to find its way into the set? Ruled over what? Yes. <laughs> I, do, I do the intro before we do Shine on the piano. Oh, cool. So, yes, we we definitely want that in there. Well, Ed, what else? You mentioned being on tour with Switchfoot. Uh, what else is coming up as, you know, as we look to the rest of the year and beyond, like, that you want folks to know about? Tour, tour, tour. Love it. And then and then uh, another record come out next year, which I, I don't know which one we're going to release. Yeah. One's called Open. One's called Pure going to do that and then like i said in january we're going to record another one and just just keep i mean we're in a groove right now so i don't want to interrupt that you know it, it may end tomorrow it may end next year i don't know but as long as it's grooving let's go well ed thank you man for the time i'll let you uh, go on um and work on waking up some but uh love speaking with you as always thank you man <laughs> thank you buddy you're very kind thank See you, you so much bye-bye See you, bye.